to another episode of Restored, A Journey to Healing and Wholeness. I am your host, Fernita Bow, and I am delighted, absolutely delighted that you have joined us today. So on today's episode, I'm going to share another part of my journey. If you have been following me, you know that in June of 2018, I lost my firstborn son to a tragic car accident one of the mo- the worst experiences in my life thus far. Didn't know what to think, how to think, didn't think. Um, didn't know what to pray, how to pray, didn't pray. Just felt empty, felt lost, angry at myself for not doing enough at God for letting him die, at the world because why my son and why not me? Just so many thoughts going through my head and I just really didn't know how to handle the thoughts. So I chose not to. I chose to bury them deep inside and just continue with life like Nothing had ever happened, but you probably know what happened. In the worst of times, it just overtook me, and I could no longer live that way. But for a while, for a good little while, I did it, and I was successful at it. And nobody even knew the torment I was feeling inside. So on today... I have invited Sharita Kinsey to be my guest, and she will share her story of her loss, her traumatic experiences, and how she now lives in victory beyond it. She'll also talk about the mercies and the grace of God, how amazing God is, and how he graces you, even in your time of trauma. And she's going to also share some really, really life-encouraging words. So if you know someone who's had a loss, or if, you know so, or if you've had a loss, please stay tuned. Because after I finish speaking, the next voices you will hear will be mine and Sharita's on this episode of Restored. A journey to healing and wholeness. Hey, welcome, Sharita. How are you? I am. I'm doing okay. Blessed and highly favored. Thank you for joining us today. Sharita, before we get started, could you please share with our listening audience a little bit about you? First and foremost, especially, you know, in this season, I identify as Irma Laney's granddaughter and that's because her birthday was on the 23rd and she has been with me my whole entire life and we lost her earlier this year in January so it's our first Thanksgiving without her our first um, celebration of her birthday without her and she's just been such an integral part of my life in so many ways um, that I can't describe so I guess I would first and foremost because she's been so heavily on my mind, identify myself as Irma Laney's granddaughter. I'm the mother of 
two children present on earth and one in heaven. I'm a social worker and I work in an integrated care medical practice that serves um, the homeless and uninsured in Durham County. I love my family. Um, I'm responsible for keeping a lot of the traditions my grandmother instilled in me um, at an early age um, going, um, you know, especially once she got um, too old to kind of facilitate making those things happen. So we do a lot of the family reunions and are responsible. When I say we, me and my brother. I'm just kind of keeping the connections together. So I guess we're, we're, I'm a connector. And you have become the rock. As your grandmother was the rock, it seems like you've become the rock. I don't want to be the rock. I want my mom to be the rock. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I definitely will say, um, I think I am kind of seeing myself, I think a lot as the rock. You know, I'm the person that gets um, the calls when, all hell is breaking loose uh-huh. and, and trying to figure out how to put the pieces together. Or if somebody's sick, you know, people kind of want me there to help kind of translate medical jargon into plain English. So, you know, and, and, you know, anytime there's a crisis, I'm the person because I guess I do it in my career. Folks feel like I can just do it. So in a lot of ways, yeah, I guess yeah. so. That's and, me. And I get it because my mom died, my dad died, my godfather died, you know, all of my parents gone. And now everybody looks to me. I'm the furthest away. And they calling me, y'all right there together. Why are y'all calling me? You know? Right. So right, I right. get it. I get it. And it's okay. I don't mind doing it. So Sharita, most of us um, in our lifetime have experienced something in our lives that have caused us to break. I've had a lot of breaking moments in my life. And I think one of them, one of the things that really took me into depression the most was the loss of my child. Um, And I think because, you know, the promises that we have made together and the time that I lost him was three days before my birthday and we had planned plans together, you know, just so much going on. And we often find our minds in spaces and ourselves in places that we never imagined we'd be in. However, God will restore our souls. And he will help us to be well again. We learn to rest in our grief. We, we don't fully get over a loss. God graces us to live beyond it. I truly believe that. So tell me a little bit about a dark space in your life and your intentional path to living beyond it. Wow. I think when you kind of sent me the questions to consider, you know, I might ask this, I might ask this question. I just started thinking about loss. I, I, I would definitely say I've had a whole a whole lot of losses um, on this journey. Even though I'm 44, I've had a whole lot of losses. Um, but I will definitely say that um, losing my daughter, I was 20 weeks pregnant, 21 years ago, was big loss, um, and it took a long time to get to a place where I was okay with that loss. Um, it took a long time. Um, it's amazing what God does. And, you know, you spoke on that scripture and you talked about restoration. And, you know, here I am 21 years later. And the little girl that I lost in my mind is back to me now because she's one year. My little girl is one year old. So mm-hmm. talk about restoration. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
talk about restoration. You know, uh, you know, when I found out, I was like, um, really at 42, you're gonna do this now, Lord. Um <laughs> that God but, have the greatest sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> really, Lord, really? I'm like, I'm the main one that tells people all the time if you're gonna, you're gonna have kids, you need to have them early. Don't wait till you get old. There's a whole bunch of problems, a whole bunch of this. You want to be able to live your life, you want to go on vacation. And look at me now. <laughs> and she is the cutest little bundle of joy I have ever seen. And let me tell you, and, and a joy. And, you know, the ironic thing is that in my grandmother's path and my daughter's path crossed. And little did I know that my grandmother prayed her life into existence. You know, so, you know, just talk about that journey. You know, as we were gaining Zuri, grandmother was drifting away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But grandmother that whole time had been holding on and praying that her grandson, my son, would not be alone on his journey in life. She wanted him to have someone with him, not knowing that God was going to answer it with me having a baby at 42. But <laughs> right, right. You know? <laughs> um, but rest assured, she was worried that her 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 grandbaby, her baby, because she loved my son like he was her child. She didn't want him to be alone. So to just think of that significance of her telling me when I went and told her I was pregnant, even though she really didn't believe it either. I had to show her the ultrasound picture. Just, I think she said, thank God. And she let out a breath when I told her that. And sometimes I just think about that breath she let out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I think she was saying, okay, Lord, this is the answer to my prayer. I Mm -hmm. didn't even know it was going to happen this way. You know, because I also believe she was wrestling with a lot of stuff as well as she was at the end of her life. Mm-hmm. I can let go now. Right. My grandbaby is not alone anymore. So the, you know, and then going back to the scripture and talking about restoration. Right. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. And, 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 and God has a way of my, uh, my sister, she said that peaceful breath when we were watching my mother transition and she, she was not doing well. She was, she was just gasping for air until I got there. Right. Everybody was there but me. And when I got there, she looked at me and she said, <sighs> she said, I'm okay now, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, it's like everything's gonna be all right now. Your grandmother was saying, everything's gonna be all right now. My baby, my baby's gonna have somebody with him. That's right. That's what mm-hmm. she was saying. That was her heart, you know, that was something she desired before she transitioned and it happened. And it happened through Sharita. Right, right. But, you know, it's just also like God has a plan. He does. And I think when I was going through all of the grief and the anger and the depression and all the things about that loss 21 years ago, I didn't, I couldn't see God's plan. I couldn't see, you know, sometimes we just want him to give us a glimpse of it so we can yeah. just hold on. Yeah. I, it was not meant for me to see because he had a blessing later on on the, uh, you know, 21 years later that my daughter was going to serve a purpose unbeknownst to her and unbeknownst to me greater than I would ever imagine in my life. That's right. And, and if we could see everything God had in store for us, we would need God. Like, right. What, what, what's the purpose of a God? If you go know everything before it happens, Right. You know what right. I mean? So, but yeah, and we're not supposed to because we don't have the mind of God. We don't, you know, we can't think like God thinks. Like right. he he knows all, sees all, does all. We just not that person. Mm-hmm. But he has preordained us, which means that he knows everything that's going to happen to us before it happens. 
And it makes me think of um that song. Um, if 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 you will only trust me. Yeah. I'll fight you your battles. I'll never leave you. Yes. If you to those songs, you yes, know. Yes. Yeah. Hold on. I got you. Yeah. You, and, when it, and when the blessing comes, and when I give it back to you, and when I restore, you know, restore you it's going to be better than you could ever imagine it to be. Just trust me. I got you. Just like that story in Job, you know, just like Job's life, you know, the restoration that he got after losing everything, you know, like it, like the Bible gives me hope because I've had so many losses in my life and the Bible really gives me hope. You know, there is hope on the other side of loss. There's hope on the other side of grief and depression. All of that, there is hope if we just hold on to God's unchanging hand. Don't give up. Don't give in. And just let God fight those battles that come up. Because, you know, they're not ours anyway. We take right. on a whole lot of stuff we don't even need to take on. Then God had to say, why are you doing that? Like, that's not for you to handle. Give, cast your cares on me because I truly do care for you. And so the other thing that comes to my mind is letting go. Letting go. You know, in that process, you know, I finally got to a place where I was like, okay, Lord, I understand, you know, it wasn't meant to be. I had some other losses in my life that had I had that other child, it would have been horrific for me to be able to manage life in that way. I had finally gotten to a point maybe in the end of 2019, even though like before that, I was like, okay, you know, I'm old. I'm not going to have any more kids. You know, I just have to accept. I have to look around and I have to see where God has placed me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing about my church family, one thing about my family of origin is that we have a lot of kids and mm-hmm. a lot of the kids. And you see me at church. before. Yeah. <laughs> I have a village of children. And so I, I had to get to a point like in 2019, I just kind of found said, okay, Lord, I get it. You have surrounded me with all these children that that I love and they love me and they feed into me. I got more children than I could ever imagine having having in my nieces and nephews and in my extended family. I can just let this thing go. I can let it go. I can let let it go. go. And I remember going to in December of 2019. It was one of the last things I did before, like all the pandemic stuff went um, went on. I went to see the Black Nativity at Hillside High School. Uh-huh. And in the play, they were singing the song "Make Room." Have you heard that song before? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I will make room for yeah. you. I will prepare for two. That song stayed with me for months and months and months. I would be getting up in the morning, getting ready for work. I'd be in the middle of my work day and I would just be singing that song. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why is that? You know, I don't know. I didn't ask why that song was on my mind. More so I was thinking about making room for God. Like I'm letting go of this desire of my heart. You know, you know, I have enough children around me. I have my son. I have my nieces, you know, that I'm really, really close to. I'm just going to open my heart and trust God and be grateful for what I have. Yeah. I'm going to make room. I'm just going to fill that void with these children and God's love. That's what was going through my mind when I'm hearing that song, that song was staying on my spirit. And that whole time, little did I know I was singing into existence, a new life. Cause by February, even though I didn't know it, I was pregnant. And you were making room for Zuri too. 
I didn't know I was making that room, though, is what I'm saying. I didn't know that I was making that room. I didn't know that I was speaking life into me. So, Sharita, tell me this. Tell, tell me this. How has your faith helped you on your journey? And then part two of that question, how has your faith been impacted by your journey? What I will definitely say is losing my daughter impacted my faith tremendously. And I got to go back a little bit more and tell you a little bit about just me from a health, reproductive, um, able mindset. Um, so very early on, when I was like 16, 15, 16 years old, the doctors had already told me that I had a condition called polycystic ovarian syndrome. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It causes a lot of, um, it has a lot of features to it, like male pattern baldness, hair in places that women don't like to have hair, um, reproductive issues, difficulty like losing um, weight, like it messes with your thyroid, all kinds of things like that. But it definitely makes it very difficult to conceive. So Mm -hmm. I had already been told that like when I got ready to conceive that it would probably be a difficult journey you know, prepare myself, you know, like a lot of your cycles, things like that don't, um, don't operate properly when you have this condition. So I had a lot of, a lot of complications, especially um, when I was younger, like they were just manifesting themselves everywhere. And, um, and so they had told me, you know, when the time comes for you to have children, more than likely you're going to, you're going to be in a fertility clinic, all these things trying to conceive. And so, like that first pregnancy was a total shock because that was not a planned pregnancy. I was in college. So it was like the worst time in my mind that I would like even want to, you know, think that I'm bringing a a life into the world. Um, And like I went to the doctor and I had these symptoms that were not your traditional pregnancy symptoms, but I had these symptoms nonetheless, like my, I couldn't swallow. It was like weird. And they ran all these tests and did all these things. Long story short, like right at the end when they were going to give me all this medication to treat these symptoms, they decided to do a pregnancy test. And I was like eight weeks pregnant. Oh, my Lord. Just completely shocked. So just in the way that she came to be in existence was beyond my expectation. Right. And then, you know, at first I was terrified, you know, it was a bad time. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? How am I going to manage this? I'm a college student. I have a part-time job, you know, all of that stuff, you know, and then it seems like right as I was getting to the point where I was really enjoying it, here comes this issue. And so um, one of the issues is um, with polycystic ovarian syndrome is that it messes with your hormones. And so there is a hormone that you need um, in your body to keep your cervix strong so that you don't um, prematurely deliver the baby. And that is what happened to me. That's how my daughter, you know, came early at 20 weeks. Um, And it was a pretty horrific experience. Um, It was very painful. They make you go through labor. They don't give you a lot of drugs, you know, so to birth a baby that you know inside is thriving, but as soon as you push them out, is they're gonna die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very traumatic. I can imagine. Very traumatic. Just hor- horrible. It was a horrible experience. 
it was painful. You know, I lost a lot of blood. I think I fell asleep through the delivery because my water broke before I could even get back to get to the hospital. They had sent me home on bed rest. They were going to try to do some evasive things to try to, you know, um, keep me closed. You know, everything they tried, it just didn't work. My water broke. I go to the hospital, long story short, lose a lot of blood, have to deliver, fall asleep, wake up. It's just me. I can feel this baby's head there, you know, and uh-huh. I know it's gone. I, I just I just can't imagine that feeling, that that feeling of having to birth someone that you're not going to be able to spend time with. Right. Because at that point, it was my life and her life. You know, it was both of our lives because if I said I wanted to try to keep her in as long as possible with my body open, I would have probably developed an infection and both of us would have died. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just remember crying to God like, no, don't take my baby. Don't make me do this. Like I remember, you know, I remember all of that. And when it was all over and I had to go home and I had to live with that, I was very angry with God, very angry with God stop going to church, you know, feel like I, you know, like all my hope was just gone. It was just a deep depression. You know, I went through my days. I don't know how I went through my days. You know, it was just horrible. It was, you know, it was horrible. And I understand being angry with God because I was angry with God when my son died. When I got that phone call, at 11 o'clock at night from the police saying that he had been in a very bad car accident and that he was being um, airlifted to Baptist Hospital and that I should get there as quickly as I could. And I did. And when I got there and all I saw was him hooked up to all these machines and just laying there in the bed and his body was warm. All his vital signs were good, but his brain was not reacting to anything. And he was gone at that time, but I just didn't want to acknowledge that that's what was going on. And his brother and sister had not been to the hospital and they didn't know what was going on. And I wanted them to be there. So I said, just let, let me, let us have a, let us have a day or two. And he came and they came and he ran some more, the doctor ran some more tests. And he said, this final test will determine whether your son is here or whether your son is not here. And he ran that test and there was no response. And he did it again and there was no response. He said, this third time, he said, your son is gone. So I get that feeling. I get, I get that anger. Why would a loving God take my son away from me right here at my birthday? We had made plans to move together. We made plans to celebrate together. Why are you taking my firstborn child away from me? Why? And so I get that anger. I get it. What would you say to people who are Christians, who are telling other Christians that you're not supposed to be angry with God, that you shouldn't express those emotions? I think if we don't express them to anybody else, that we should be expressing them to him. He knows us better than we know ourselves, but he also has a plan. He's also our safe space. He also, you know, he grants us peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, some point in that whole anger, the anger went away. It was just sadness and hurt and loss. Mm -hmm. But through there somewhere, God was still speaking to me. He was still calling my, I tell people that all the time. 
he was still calling my name. He was still calling at my name because as I, you know, started to go through the grief process, I like to write. I don't always get a lot of time to write. I started writing a lot of stuff down. And God would always come into that space. Like I would go back and read some of that stuff and just think, wow, you know, he was speaking through me to me, unbeknownst to me, you know. So definitely talk to him. Tell him all about our troubles. Right. Have a little talk with Jesus. This is, it's true. You know, I learned a lot from that experience. And I, you know, I, I did. And it's prepared me for other losses in my life, not necessarily turn my back on God, but to trust his will. Exactly. Sometimes that's hard, but we have to trust his will. I'm going through things right now. I have to trust his will because I know at the end of the day, his blessings are the best blessings. That's right. Because we've experienced them already. We already I know what his blessings are like. Right? <laughs> exactly. It might not come when I want it to come, but when it comes, it comes when it's needed. And it comes in a way that blows my mind completely. I am still in awe of my little girl every day. Mm-hmm. She is the sunshine through the clouds. Every time I have sadness about my grandmother, I have my daughter smile right there along with it. Mm-hmm. I have her little antics, her liking to dance, her liking to do the little things she do, just baby talk, you know, whatever that is. And so, you know, I know that, you know, God knew that they're going to need something. Because that grandmother was so such a significant part in their lives, it's going to be horrific for them to get through that situation. So not now, right. but later. And we'll understand it better. By and by. by and, by. <laughs> and, we, and we always do. And we always do. Have there been any boundaries, Sharita, that you've have to you've had to put in your life? Um, because of your journey I have to be careful who I'm around you know who I have in my space I have to be careful sometimes with some of the things I listen to or some of the things I look at on television because unbeknownst to us a lot of that stuff kind of feeds into us Um, but I think especially with people knowing when a person is a person you keep close and a person you hold at a distance or a person you just don't deal with at all Because you, you know, definitely when you're going through life's battles, you need to have positive, spiritual minded people at your side, because sometimes you're going to be weak and you need that person in that moment to be strong. You know, we go to God, but we can't always see God and we can't always get ourselves to that place where we're in his, his presence and his space. And so we need somebody right beside us to hold our hand tangible that we can touch and we can see sometimes. And we have to be mind, we have to be careful who that person is. That's right. That's right. And especially when we can't do it ourselves, because we get, sometimes you can get so low, you can't even pray. You don't know, Mm. nothing, not even Jesus comes out of your mouth. Mm -mm. And and you can get so low until you don't want to hear scripture. You don't want to hear that. You don't want, that's not what you want to hear, you know, but that person knows you and knows what you need, you know, and will give you what you need, even though you can't say it, even though you can't fathom it, 
that person is there. And that person is who Jesus has sent to you in this time, you right. know, to, to help you through this thing. You know, a lot of times we, we, we depress, get in depression when we don't have to, because we push people away. Yeah. And people who have been sent to help us out of the state that we're in. We keep praying for God to help us out of the state that we're in. He sent us about it and we've pushed them away. Right. You know, I think I told somebody one day I said, you know, everybody kind of sees me as like the strong person and the leader and the, all of that stuff. And I'm like, sometimes I'm not good. I need y'all to understand it. I, I'm like, why don't I have somebody, you know? Yep. I get you. And I think we just, we want the person to be there. We don't necessarily want to ask the person to be there, but you know, one of my, one of my really good friends told me, it was like, well, Sharita, you appear to seem to have everything under control. I said, well, that is not the truth. I'm a mess and I need some help. Right. So the, you know, the other thing is my own self-boundary, being able to show that vulnerability and let people know when I need them. See, that's because, my problem. <laughs> yes, because I have, you know, in my life, as, as social as a social person as I am, I had to get to a place where I was comfortable being by myself. And so, you know, I always say this, you know, to the people, even that my clients that I work with, getting to know yourself, getting to know the, the good, the bad, and the ugly about you and working on the things that you don't like that you see in the mirror is the hardest thing in life you'll ever battle. <laughs> you yes, know it is. It really is. Because you have to you have to own your ugliness. You have to own your shortcomings. And then if you don't like what you see, you have to activate a plan to be able to move forward. So that you don't have those issues anymore. That's right. And to be better. I mean, you know, if you right. can't get along with yourself, you can't get along with nobody else. That's right. And so we have to take that hard look in the mirror, as my mom would say. Take that hard look in the mirror and see whether you like yourself or not. That's and right. if you don't like yourself, you're not going to be able to get along with nobody else. You can't expect to have somebody in your life to love you if you don't love yourself. You know, I... People, I think people would be amazed if with themselves, if they thought about themselves in that way, because a lot of things that we do that are not of God have something to do with self-love. That's right. That's exactly right. And we get ourselves in a lot of situations, a lot of situations, a lot of times that we don't have to be in, but we do it because of our need. I need to be, or I need to do, or I need, not necessarily something that is good for us. That's but right. But because we're such a needy people, we That's do, right. we do these things. And I can say that from my own life. We got everything we need. Right. You got everything you need. Everything. Everything you need, we have it. But we just don't choose what we need. We mm -hmm. choose what we see. We choose what we want. It's that selfishness in us that you know it's just part of being a human being mm -hmm. and it's the difference yeah. in being needy and being wanted that's right because when you're needy it's like you gotta have you gotta right. have but when you just want something it's just something that you desire but that need that needy person is that person that you need to work on because yeah. if you can't be good by yourself you're not gonna be able to be good with anybody else Sharita, tell me, tell me and our listening audience, what does wholeness look like to you? Hmm. Like for me, it's it's not necessarily that I got it all together because I don't. Um, I don't think I'll ever have it all together. 
but it's the fact that I have allowed God to work on me to a point where when certain things happen, I know how to handle them. So what does wholeness look like for you? Wholeness for me looks like taking God with me everywhere I go and in everything that I do. I think, well, I I talk to God at random times during the day in the midst of what I'm doing. I have to do that. It's become such an integral part of my life. I have to do that. That's wholeness because I'm human and I'm flawed and I'm imperfect, but God is perfect. (laughs) God is perfect. You know, I need to hold on to that scripture. I need to come into his presence with music. Whatever I need to do to keep his present forefront and in the forefront and present in my mind as I go through my day, that constitutes wholeness because I know that this vessel is imperfect. I'm not gonna get it right. I'm not gonna say it, say it the right way every time, you know, you know, praying over your words that you what you're getting ready to say, you know, being mindful of other people's feelings. Um, you know, whatever it is, you know, always praying for traveling mercies when you get in the car, because every moment is a blessing. Mm-hmm. Every single moment is that is wholeness for me. I cannot imagine my life without God not being a part of my day every day every hour (laughs) every second every minute I just I can't I can't and I still don't always get it right and a cuss word might slip out and I might have to hit myself on but (laughs) and it does because we are human and we were born in a fallen world so those things are going to happen but we recognize it we recognize it when it does and we know what we need to do when it happens so God doesn't expect us to be perfect because he knows we're not going to be perfect He knows we are imperfect people born in an imperfect world. He already knows that. He doesn't expect that from us. But he does expect us to act consciously when we do things that we know that are not correct. You know, when you get convicted, you need to correct. (laughs) And I just strive for that. I just strive for that. You know, I'm thankful to be in that place because that hasn't always been my worldview. You know, mine either. (laughs) For me, God is not Sunday. God is every day, every day. Like, I mean, especially since I had COVID, like having COVID changed my whole world. It changed my entire outlook on, oh, I I just can't explain. Like I'm not as judgmental like I used to be and I'm more loving and I'm more kind and compassionate because in that moment, I saw me gone. Mm -hmm. I saw me no longer here. And nothing else mattered. Nothing else. All of the pettiness and the judgmental stuff and the negativity and none of that mattered anymore. Nothing mattered. When I got out of the hospital and I, I mean, God did a major work on my heart, a major work on my heart. And I'm just a different person. And I live in the moment and I live life to the fullest, knowing that any second could be my last. Right. But but if it is, I will have enjoyed the ride. And that's the way I live my life now. After that last part, because uh-huh. I want a very long life. <laughs> I'm trying to master that long part of being about being all right. Uh-huh. It, you know, if today is it being all right, I just want to be used for his purpose to bless his people, to bring as many people to Christ as I can, to be a living, breathing, walking, tossing, 
you know, testimony and testament to the goodness of God and what he can do with impossible situations. You know, I just, I want to be used for, I want to be used for good in this world, but I'm not going to say I'm ready to leave all that I have right now. Um, that's a place I'm, I'm working on. I don't think we're ever ready to leave. Mm-hmm. I think that we prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not ready. Like my goddad used to say, I got a heaven home, but I ain't ready to go there yet. I'm just, I'm still traveling on this journey and I hope I got a little while longer. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so before we close this interview, it has been a wonderful interview. But before we close it, can you please share a word with our listening audience of encouragement? Sure. I will say, you know, no matter what it looks like, no matter what you're going through, trust God. Trust that he got a plan that's bigger than you will ever understand or imagine. Keep your hope. It's okay sometimes to be sad. Keep that hope. Keep that faith. Hold on to it. Cling to it like your life depends on it. I guarantee you, he will never fail you. Just hold on and don't give up. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He will be always be there. Always. Even when I I think back on some of the things that happened in some of the situations I've been in, he was there. It was nothing but his grace. And And you know that because of the outcome. You know, even yes, when you didn't feel it, even when you didn't know his presence, he was there because you know that because of the outcome. That's nobody, right. nobody else could have done what happened. That's right. Thank you so much, Rita, for, for joining me today on this podcast. I uh-huh. really appreciate it. And before we go, can you tell our listening audience, somebody, someone will hear this podcast and say, how can I find Sharita? You can find me. I'm on Facebook under Sharita Kinsey. That's K-I-N-C-Y. Um, you can always email me at C-Y-K-I-N-C-Y at gmail.com. And um, I hope that something I said blesses someone. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, you are mother welcome. And I am sure that someone was blessed because I think that I truly believe that what we go through, we go through not for ourselves but so that we can be a blessing to someone else. Someone else mm-hmm. will hear our stories and, and it will help them open up their life in a brand new way. So I really do appreciate you being here. Thank you again and many blessings as you continue continue on your journey to healing Thank and you. wholeness. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on another episode of Restored, A Journey to Healing and Wholeness. I hope you were blessed by listening. And if you would, please share this episode because I think it has some great information in it. There's so much hurting going on right now in the world. And even if you haven't suffered the loss of a child, you may have suffered a loss. If you have not suffered a loss, there may come a time when you will. And this episode may come to mind and you will be reminded that God is a very present help whenever you're hurting, whenever you're going through, whatever you have to deal with in life, God is there for you. And if you're feeling in life like you're just stuck, not so. 
if you're saying, nobody wants to hear my story because I don't even want to hear it. Not so. If you're just thinking, why would anybody want to help me? I don't even want to help myself. Well, you need to get to that point, but not so. How about reaching out to me on my website, www.vernitainspires.com, and just let me talk with you for 30 minutes. Let me hear your story. Then if you decide you want to have further conversations with me, we can discuss that because I believe that everybody deserves to know that they have the victory over whatever they're experiencing in life. God has already overcome the world. So you don't have to live in that trauma. You don't have to live in that grief. You don't have to live in that anxiety. You don't have to live in that upset. You don't have to live in the past. Check my website out. Send me a request. Let me talk with you. www.vernitainspires.com And until next time, many blessings as you continue on your journey to healing and wholeness.